Good morning, this is Caleb Arndt with the Walk with God podcast. Today we're going to read from Psalm 44, verses 9 through 26, Leviticus chapter 24 through chapter 25, verse 46, Proverbs chapter 10, verses 20 through 21, and Mark chapter 10, verses 13 through 31. Today is, uh, well, this is the reading for March 1st, 2020. Today is actually March 4th, and this is a catch-up episode where we're doing the reading for March 1st, and we're going to try to do March 2nd as well as March 4th today. Uh, Let's get started with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord God, for all this time that you have given us, all the freedom that you've given us to pursue you, God, to pursue your word. Lord, I pray that you would help us to manage work, jobs, skills, services, uh, volunteering, and any type of ministry that we are a part of. Help us, Lord, to serve you well. Help us to give you the best of what we have and to love you with all of our heart. Help us, I pray, to hear your word today. Please give us your message and please speak to hearts and minds. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bible, please turn with me now to the book of Psalms, Psalm 44. We're going to start with verse 9. Psalm 44, verse 9. And it says, But thou hast cast off, and put us to shame, and goest not forth with our armies. Thou makest us to turn back from the enemy, and they which hate us spoil for themselves. Thou hast given us like sheep appointed for meat, and hast scattered us among the heathen. Thou sellest thy people for naught, and dost not increase thy wealth by their price. Thou makest us a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and a derision to them that are round about us. Thou makest us a byword among the heathen, a shaking of the head among the people. My confusion is continually before me, and the shame of my face hath covered me. For the voice of him that reproacheth and blasphemeth, by reason of the enemy and avenger. All this is come upon us, yet have we not forgotten thee, neither have we dealt falsely in thy covenant. Our heart is not turned back, neither have our steps declined from thy way. Thou, Though thou hast sore broken us in the place of dragons, and covered us with the shadow of death, if we have forgotten the name of our God, or stretched out our hands to a strange God, shall not God search this out? For he knoweth the secrets of the heart. Yea, for thy sake are we killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Awake, why sleepest thou, O Lord? Arise, cast us not off forever. Wherefore hidest thou thy face, and forgettest our afflictions and our oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust, our belly cleaveth unto the earth. Arise for our help, and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. This was a psalm that was talking about Uh, in the second part here, how the people of Israel were so low, they felt, uh, they felt like they were forsaken, they felt like they're, they were not being heard, they they felt like, um, because all the enemies around them were prospering in their way, even when they were doing wickedly, even when they were doing wrong, that the Lord wasn't listening to them or he wasn't hearing them and he wasn't delivering them and so at times the Lord would deliver the people of Israel into the hands of their enemies as a disciplinary punishment for their misbehavior for their um, idolatry for their leaving their first love leaving the Lord God and serving idols and not worshiping God and so 
This is a prayer that is seeing that and seeing the consequences of that. And so rightly, they are turning in this psalm and in this prayer to God and asking for him to hear their cries, asking for them to hear their affliction, asking for him to help them arise for our help and redeem us for thy mercy's sake. So they are pleading to the ever merciful God to have mercy on them in their situation. And that's exactly what we should do in our prayers this day and each day. If we are facing something that's too much for us, we should ask and cry for the grace and for the mercy of the Lord God that has the power to answer every prayer and trust in Him that He will deliver us and He will strengthen us to get through it. Now we're going to turn to the book of Leviticus, chapter 24. Book of Leviticus, chapter 24. And we're going to read to chapter 25, verse 46 today. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they bring unto thee pure olive oil beaten for the light, to cause the lamps to burn continually. Without the veil of the testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation shall Aaron order it from the evening unto the morning before the Lord continually. It shall be a statute for ever in your generations. He shall order the lamps upon the pure candlestick before the Lord continually. And thou shalt take fine flour and bake twelve cakes thereof, two tenth deals, shall be in one cake, and thou shalt set them in two rows, six on a row, upon the pure table before the Lord, and thou shalt put pure frankincense upon each row, that it may be on the bread for a memorial, even an offering made by fire unto the Lord. Every Sabbath he shall set it in order before the Lord continually, being taken from the children of Israel by an everlasting covenant. And it shall be Aaron's and his sons, and they shall eat it in the holy place. For it is most holy unto him of the offerings of the Lord made by fire by a perpetual statute. And the son of an Israelitish woman, whose father was an Egyptian, went out among the children of Israel. And this son of the Israelitish woman and a man of Israel strove together in the camp. And the Israelitish woman's son blasphemed the name of the Lord and cursed. And they brought him unto Moses, and his mother's name was Shalomith, the daughter of Dibri, of the tribe of Dan. And they put him in ward, that the mind of the Lord might be showed of them. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Bring forth him that hath cursed without the camp, and let all that heard him lay their hands upon his head, and let all the congregation stone him. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, Whosoever curseth his God shall bear his sin. And he that blasphemeth the name of the Lord he shall surely be put to death, and all the congregation shall certainly stone him, as well the stranger as he that is born in the land, when he blasphemeth the name of the Lord, shall be put to death. And he that killeth any man shall surely be put to death. And he that killeth a beast shall make it good, beast for beast. And if a man cause a blemish in his neighbor, as he hath done, so shall it be done to him, breach for breach eye for eye, tooth for tooth, as he hath caused a blemish in a man, so shall it be done to him again. And he that killeth a beast, he shall restore it, and he that killeth a man, he shall be put to death. Ye shall have one manner of law, as well for the stranger, as for one of your own country, for I am the Lord your God. And Moses spake to the children of Israel, that they should bring forth him that had cursed out of the camp, and stone him with stones. And the children of Israel did as the Lord commanded Moses." Chapter 25. And the Lord spake unto Moses in Mount Sinai, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye come into the land which I give you, then shall the land keep a Sabbath unto the Lord. Six years thou shalt sow thy field, and six years thou shalt prune thy vineyard, and gather in the fruit thereof. 
But in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land, a Sabbath for the Lord. Thou shalt neither sow thy field, nor prune thy vineyard. That which groweth of its own accord of thy harvest, thou shalt not reap, neither gather the grapes of thy vine undressed. It is a year of rest unto the land. And the Sabbath of the land shall be meat for you, for thee, and for thy servant, and for thy maid, and for thy hired servant, and for thy stranger that sojourneth with thee, and for thy cattle, and for the beasts that are in thy land, shall all the increase thereof be meat. And thou shalt number seven Sabbaths of years unto thee, seven times seven years, and the space of the seven Sabbaths of years shall be unto thee forty and nine years. Then shalt thou cause the trumpet of the jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month. In the day of atonement shall ye make the trumpet sound throughout all your land. And ye shall hallow the fiftieth year, and proclaim liberty throughout all the land unto all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you, and ye shall return every man unto his possession, and ye shall return every man unto his family. A jubilee shall that fiftieth year be unto you. Ye shall not sow, neither reap that which groweth of itself in it, nor gather the grapes in it of thy vine undressed. For it is the jubilee, it shall be holy unto you. Ye shall make, ye shall eat the increase thereof out of the field. In the year of this jubilee ye shall return every man unto his possession. And if thou sell aught unto thy neighbor, or buyest aught of thy neighbor's hand, ye shall not oppress one another. According to the number of the years after the jubilee, thou shalt buy of thy neighbor, and according unto the number of the years of the fruits, he shall sell unto thee. According to the multitude of years, thou shalt increase the price thereof, and according to the fewness of years, thou shalt diminish the price of it. For according to the number of the years of the fruits, doth he sell unto thee. He shall not therefore oppress one another, but thou shalt fear thy God, for I am the Lord your God. Wherefore ye shall do my statutes, and keep my judgments, and do them, and ye shall dwell in the land in safety. And the land shall yield her fruit, and ye shall eat your fill, and dwell therein in safety. And if ye shall say, What shall we eat the seventh year? Behold, we shall not sow, nor gather in our increase. Then I will command my blessing upon you in the sixth year, and it shall bring forth fruit for three years. And ye shall sow the eighth year, and eat yet of old fruit until the ninth year. Until her fruits come in, ye shall eat of the old store. The land shall not be sold forever, for the land is mine, for ye are strangers and sojourners with me. And in all the land of your possession ye shall grant a redemption for the land. If thy brother be waxen poor, and hath sold away some of his possession, and if any of his kin come to redeem it, then shall he redeem that which his brother sold. And if the man have none to redeem it, and himself be able to redeem it, then let him count the years of the sale thereof, and restore the overplus unto the man to whom he sold it, that it may return unto his possession. But if he be not able to restore it to him, then that which is sold shall remain in the hand of him that hath bought it until the year of jubilee. And in the jubilee it shall go out, and he shall return unto his possession. And if a man sell a dwelling house in a walled city, then he may redeem it within a whole year after it is sold. Within a full year may he redeem it. And if it be not redeemed within the space of a full year, then the house that is in the walled city shall be established forever to him that bought it throughout his generations. It shall not go out in the jubilee. But the houses of the villages, which have no wall round about them, shall be counted as the fields of the country. They may be redeemed, and they shall go out in the jubilee. Notwithstanding the cities of the Levites, and the houses of the cities of their possession, may the Levites redeem at any time. 
And if a man purchase of the Levites, then the house that was sold and the city of his possession shall go out in the year of Jubilee. For the houses of the cities of the Levites are their possession among the children of Israel. But the field of the suburbs of their cities may not be sold, for it is their perpetual possession. And if thy brother be waxen poor, and fallen in decay with thee, then thou shalt relieve him, yea, though he be a stranger or a sojourner, that he may live with thee. Take thou no usury of him or increase, but fear thy God, that thy brother may live with thee. Thou shalt not give him thy money upon usury, nor lend him thy victuals for increase. I am the Lord your God, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt, to give you the land of Canaan, and to be your God. And if thy brother that dwelleth by thee be waxen poor, and be sold unto thee, thou shalt not compel him to serve as a bondservant, but as a, an hired servant, and as a sojourner, he shall be with thee, and shall serve thee unto the year of Jubilee. And then shall he depart from thee, both he and his children with him, and shall return unto his own family, and unto the possession of his fathers shall he return. For they are my servants, which I brought forth out of the land of Egypt. They shall not be sold as bondmen. Thou shalt not rule over him with rigor, but shall fear thy God. Both thy bondmen and thy bondmaids, which thou shalt have, shall be of the heathen that are round about you. Of them shall ye buy bondmen and bondmaids. Moreover, of the children of the stranger that do sojourn among you, of them shall ye buy, and of their families that are with you, which they begat in your land, and they shall be your possession. Ye shall take them as an inheritance for your children after you, to inherit them for a possession. They shall be your bondmen forever, but over your brethren, the children of Israel, ye shall not rule one another with rigor. Okay, so there's a, a lot that's been going on kind of historically uh, in chapters 24 and 25 of Leviticus. And so in chapter 24, we see a story and we see a history of a man that this might have been the first man that was stoned with stones um, for, and especially for this sin. So this was the first man that especially for this sin was stoned to death because of this sin. And so he cursed God and blasphemed the name of the Lord God. And so this, when as when he was living in the camp, living with this congregation and this people, this new people of Israel, who had just received these commandments, and the man of Israel was arguing with this man of this Israelitish woman, the son of this Israelitish woman, so he was a half-Israelite, half-Egyptian uh, son of an Israelitish woman, uh, was arguing with a Israelite man, and at, during their argument, it got so heated that the half Israelite and half Egyptian man cursed the God of Israel and blasphemed against him, uh, and cursed against the man. And so the the people and the children of Israel brought this man. They kept him in ward. That means they basically kept him under guard, that he just wouldn't be able to run away. And then they didn't do anything to him until God told them what to do. And so God pronounced judgment upon this man because his sin was not directly against the people of Israel. It was against God. And so God, um, to set an example of the holiness of God and that he would not tolerate people to break his laws and to blaspheme his name, uh, determined that this this man who was part of the children and congregation of Israel, who also earlier had uh, stopped by and said that 
at Mount Sinai that he would take the, all the commandments of this law upon himself, just as every other people of the congregation of Israel did, and that they would be uh, responsible and for the consequences of their own sin. And so this man now was cons- uh, responsible for these consequences, and God determined what those consequences would be, and so the children of Israel faithfully carried out those consequences. Uh, they took them out of the camp and stoned him to death with stones. And the children of Israel did as the Lord commanded Moses, it says in verse 23 of chapter 24. Now we're going to turn to chapter 25, and here we see the laws of the and the instructions of the year of Jubilee. So the year of Jubilee happened every 50 years in the land of Israel. And so during those 50 years, the people of Israel could buy and could sell their possessions and or their fellow fellow neighbors possessions so uh, for example say you have somebody that lives in the land of judea around bethlehem and those areas and then they decide that uh, because the they don't have enough money and they can't provide for their family they're going to sell their land and it's another 50 years until the the time of jubilee so they sell their land for 50 years they sell their land to maybe one of their um, fellow uh, neighbors in Israel, and they buy their land. So they, that neighbor owns it for that 50 years, unless they have a near kinsman redeemer, which we'll see and talk more about in the book of Ruth. But this kinsman redeemer could come, and they, if they had the money, could redeem that, um, that family member's possession of land for them, and if they were going to do so before the year of Jubilee, then they would add um, add the increase or the expected um, output or the expected increase in wealth of the land or increase in crops of the land, and they would add that price to it and pay that price to redeem it so that the land could go back to the original owner's possession in their family. If they could not do any of that, then these fields and these lands and these plots of land were to stay with the, the purchaser for those full 50 years, allowing him to give get the increase in his barns and in his wealth and crops until that 50th year of the year of Jubilee. And then in that year of Jubilee, all the land returned to the original owner. And so in the land of Israel, all of these places of land always stayed at least every 50 years with their original family's owners. Now, if somebody had sold themselves to be a hired servant into the hand of one of their neighbors, this was the same case. And so they could have a near kinsman redeemer come and redeem them and pay the price for them as a servant so that they could be free before the year of Jubilee. Or the, um, uh, actually the the hired servant, because they are a hired servant and not a bond servant, which is a forced laborer, uh, a hired servant um, agrees basically to a contract with the uh, with the boss or with the person that um, they are going to is going to be their master uh, in this servant master relationship. And so the bond servant, I'm sorry, the hired servant could actually leave the contract at any time, especially if there was a grievance between him and his master. Now, this might still damage part of their like testimony or their character because they're walking away from basically what was a uh, boss and employee relationship and that they had agreed to a certain contract of time for. But 
they still had the freedom to do so. And so that was the difference between a hired servant. And so in the nation of Israel, there were to be no bond servants of the people of Israel. I'll repeat that. In the nation of Israel, God had commanded that there were to be no bond servants. There were to be no slaves of the children of Israel. Anybody that was capturing the children of Israel to sell them into slavery was to be put to death by the law of God. And so this is not God saying that um, slavery was allowed in the land of Egypt of the children of Israel. This is God saying that if you can't afford to pay for your family's own food, you can sell yourself into a contract relationship of labor unto another person that you're going to serve for them for a agreed amount of years and this could be fully to the year of jubilee but then at the year of jubilee every contract servant every hired servant will go free they are free free to take their families with them as well now uh after this we're going to turn to the book of proverbs the book of proverbs chapter 10 and we're going to read from verses 20 and 21 today Proverbs chapter 10, verse 20, and this is going on from the uh, Proverbs of wisdom of the use of words and of the tongue yesterday. And it says, The tongue of the just is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. And so we have a, the comparison once again here today between the tongue of the just, the lips of the righteous, the words of the just and righteous compared to the words and the heart of the fools and the wicked. And so the tongue of the just is as choice silver. It has great value to it. It's been refined. It's not just uh, silver that's pulled out of the ground and out of the mine, but it's melted silver. It's purified silver. And so it has great value. The and the lips of the righteous feed many. But the fools die for want of wisdom. The heart of the wicked is little worth. And so comparison with the, the wicked, their lips and their heart, which their lips bring forth from the heart, um, has little worth. It's not even worth crude silver. It, it, it's not even really worth the rocks that the silver is found in. It has very little worth. The lips of the... Uh, and the fools die for want of wisdom. So while the righteous are being able to feed many because they're providing and all their contracts are sure and what they do is right and they can be trusted to fulfill the words of their mouth, the fools die for want of wisdom. The fools may abandon their contracts. People not, may not be able to trust them. They may not be able to do business with them. They may not be able to work, make their living anymore. And they might die for um, lack of food because of their lack of wisdom as well. Now we're going to turn to the book of Mark, the book of Mark chapter 10. We're going to read from verses 13 through 31 today. And it says, And they brought young children to him, that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased, and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running, and kneeled to him, and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, 
honor thy father and mother? And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked round about, and saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answereth again, and said, saith unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measures, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Jesus, looking upon them, saith, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all, and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake, and the gospels, but he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time, houses, and brethren, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands, with, with persecutions, and in the world to come eternal life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last first. So Jesus had just finished teaching on the biblical perspective of divorce and of marriage and of adultery. And so any, uh, any man that marries a different woman commits adultery against his original wife, any woman against her original husband. And so then right after this, they are start bringing children unto him and asking him to bless them. His disciples uh, began to rebuke those that brought the children, but Jesus said, no, don't rebuke them. Uh, these suffer the little children to come unto me. I, I want them to come unto me because you have to come like a child to me. A child does not know much of the difference between lies and truths and truth and falsehood. They, they just trust. They just absorb. They, and uh, for us to come as a child, we have to come with the faith of a child, which is when they hear the truth, they immediately trust in the truth. And they have faith in that word and in, in that truth. And so he took them, the children, up into his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. And so Jesus is using this, using the children to teach the grown men and grown uh, people in his congregation there that you have to come to me, trust in me, just like a child would trust in a parent. And now... Uh, a man comes to him and asks him, what do I have to do to keep eternal life? Jesus goes through several of the commandments. Do not kill, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and thy mother. And he says, I've done all this. One thing thou lackest, sell what whatever you have, all of what you have, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. So Jesus is saying now that uh, I want you to sell everything that you have, give unto the poor, and then uh, come and follow me. Take up the cross, which means die to yourself 
and follow me and trust in me. And so here he says two different variations of the same thing. How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And in the context, he also says it again. How hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? And so here he's showing that the condition of the heart and the condition of the physical nature. So the physical nature was the first one, and that was that those that have riches, physically have riches, they have hundreds of thousands of dollars, or they have millions of dollars, or billions of dollars, and they're super rich. But then uh, how hard is it that trust in those riches? Those riches are their strong wall. Those riches are what they trust to keep them secure instead of trusting in God. And so it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man that is trusting in these riches to keep him secure and trusting in his own good works to take him to heaven and trusting in uh, this world to provide for him. It is easier for the camel to go through an eye of a needle than for that rich man to enter into the kingdom of God that trusts only in riches and does not trust in Jesus Christ and does not trust in God. And they were exceedingly astonished out of measure at this saying. And with he says, with men it is impossible. With God, all things are possible. It's possible for the man that has committed several different murders to get saved, just as it's possible for the man that is a multi-billionaire to get saved. And it's just as it's possible for the orphan to get saved, just as it's possible for the hardworking family father to get saved, as well as his children, all by trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ to pay the price for their sins, as he did on the cross. And he shall... Uh, and then he says the blessing that shall come upon those that have left all to serve and to love him. He shall receive an hundredfold now in this time houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. But and in the world to come eternal life. And many that are first shall be last and the last first. So those that seem like they're first in this world, many of them shall actually be last. There are many that go to church and they look very good. They look like they're, they're very sharp and clean and have a, a nice dress on or a good suit on. And they, they look uh, like they're very successful in this world. But many of those that are first, they might actually be last in heaven and in the world to come, as Jesus says. But the, the last, those that maybe seem like they have very little and are very, uh, very poor, but may have been serving for God, they might be first in the uh, eternal life where they live with God, where we will live with God forever. Friend, it's been a blessing to study the Word of God with you today. I hope today has been a blessing to you. And if you have any prayer requests, I would love to hear about those. You can email them to me at wwgcaleb at gmail.com. That's wwgcaleb at gmail.com, and I'll be sure to look for those. Thanks again, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow for the next Walk With God podcast.